0: And Welcome to another episode of the No Cash, No Code podcast. This is episode 31, and I am glad to be joined by the Commissioner. Hello, Andre. How are you?
1: I am fantastic. It is a bank holiday. Singapore was all uh, super excited by elections, which means nothing (laughs) to tourists like me. But it's been a good day overall. How are you?
0: We've seen some glimmers of summer um, this morning here in London. Friday morning, trying to wrap up as much as we can as quickly as possible so we can make the most of what might be a disappointing weekend.
1: Oh, whoa, well, whoa, well, speak for yourself, <laughs> now, as a cricket fan. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry,
0: anyway. <laughs> oh. Oh. Whose laugh is that? I think we have somebody else on the pod. Good afternoon, everyone.
2: Uh, Tom Maxwell here, uh, keen to. this wrapped up so that i
1: can hit the golf course this afternoon (laughs) nice nice really utilizing that freedom you got there um we're recording this one live uh, on saturday morning your time i have the cricket on the other screen if anyone needs any
0: (laughs) updates as we go along that alongside horse racing updates might be a new feature we have in one corner of the pod. <laughs> We've been inundated. With, uh, right. The post bag has been full with our equestrian friends. Um, no, on to, on to more serious uh... topics, though. We have um, a lot to get through. I know there are a few managers who were uh, looking forward to hearing their names called out last week, in last episode. And it didn't quite happen, so we'll hopefully get around to that today. But let's start with the headlines of the game week. That was, Andre, over to you for Team of the Week.
1: Uh, That's a great intro. Let's start with names that are hoping to get heard. Stephen Hill, uh, Nevin, uh, there's a few others. Where are we? Jamie Cork, I'm doing Team of the Week. You're high. You're up there in the the high 80s. That used to be a contender. Haven't even opened your teams, uh, boys. Sorry to say that. You've got to get 90 to be in this conversation i have got two tied 97s contending for team of the week this week we've got i bring you up to 12th place johnny sapford i love the story behind this team he's made a transfer he's looked at his team he's gone pope has been doing incredibly well for me carrying me through some of these weeks i need the bernie stack so out goes lundstrom in comes charlie taylor checks notes Assisting the Burnley defender for 11 points. Um, he, he's reacted well. The previous week he only filled 10. That's one of the reasons he had to drop lunchroom. This week he's got 11 players out there. It goes from 50 points to 97. We're not here to judge. Maybe a slight overreaction in terms of he's fielded the Wolves uh, stopper Dendonka when he probably should have gone with, in retrospect, a Man City extra player, not Amendi, which would have got him to the Century Club. But 97, it's hard to say anything negative about that. Tied on the same point. A name I don't get to say often enough. Unfortunately, often stuck in mid-table obscurity. Fantastic team name, naming Big Sam sams all. Uh, big Sam <laughs> saves all. Uh, our US I, I mean, it's late <laughs> over here. Um, so, so this is tough because we like to split hairs when it comes to the team of the uh, to, to pick of the week and team of the week and all those other things. So Ed, he's gone with Fernandez captain. That's the answer. That was the obvious choice in retrospect. Guys like me who captained him once for a blank are still suffering from never going back to him since. He's had the balls to bench Jimenez. The eye test told you to do it, but the stats. But then he's in good for you. No, he drops in. He goes with a front two of Danny Ings and uh, Mason Greenwood. That is wow. punchy. If you'd ask someone at the start of the season if that's going to be their front two, all that money to spend, and he spent about £4.50 of his £100 million total on his strike force. And they've got exactly the same score. I kind of wanted to give it to um, Johnny Mm -hmm. for having the transfer, you know, bringing in Taylor at the right time. I kind of wanted to give it to Ed. This team's pretty boring. It's like (laughs) exactly what you're supposed to do. And I'm going to go with a no cash, no code first. We have joint winners. I am not going to split heads for doing the job (laughs) you're supposed to do. When you're categorically almost 10 points clear of everybody else, and in the real index, 40 40 points clear of Freddie Williams. You fully deserve the award. So congratulations to both of you. You get to share it. But I am going to do a little bit of siphoning uh, some, some joy away. So I'm, i when going through the team of the week, the obvious standout choice for me for pick of the week was the aforementioned Burnley defender. You get an assist, 11 points. Everyone else has all the same high-scoring players, the usual names that you expect to see. There's only two people that own Charlie Taylor. Obviously, Johnny, uh, just mentioned earlier, And the other one is Nevin, can't give two joint awards. Nevin has stuck with Charlie Taylor since the restart. He's lived with him through sixes, sevens and a two. He fully deserves the 11 for having the forethought to, to stay with an Aston Villa defender when the rest of the world is panicking around them. So, Nevin, congratulations. You get pick of the week in an awfully long first section. Love it. For that. The pick of
0: the week and a joint team of the week, all in one, very efficient. It's late <laughs> over here. I'm trying to get this one well, done. Okay, time. <laughs> let me spare you then. Uh, you can have a sip of your tea because we need to turn to the slightly darker side of the headlines. <laughs> Tom Maxwell, <laughs> hurt of the week. Large gulping sound. I drank the tea in my
2: mouth. Yeah, you're going to need more than a sip of tea for this, I'm afraid. Um, Heard of the week this week has required quite a bit of work, um, but I think I've found a good one and also quite a unique one um it could easily uh, I could easily have just used Andre's work from last week to highlight that Freddie left his Mason Greenwood on the bench again making it 20 points in two weeks he's left him out um also good to note that
1: sorry sorry can I interrupt there? public service announcement it has been pointed out I missed a punchline, Freddie I apologize for criticizing you for leaving Greenwood on the bench last week I was supposed to say later on I too made the same transfer and I too also left him on the bench. It was highlighted by the listener. Uh, <laughs> I tried to get away with that. Uh, so I thought I'd just get that back in there. Sorry to no, no. the flow, Tom, but I couldn't let it go. Between and, it funnily the enough, I,
2: I did think that when you said it because I remember you flittering between him and St. Maximam over the last few weeks. <laughs> but um, also, I mean, just while we're on Freddie, obviously lots of plaudits for the big man over the last few weeks i don't know if either of you noticed but he had the lowest score of the entire league this week
1: <gasps> say it ain't i'm so... just wondering
2: is are I'm... we faltering Sorry. are we faltering I... down the final stretch <laughs> um
1: you know what I, I i when i'm taking over your section here and we will come back to it but i thought about this i was kicking myself when i saw freddie's scores because Um, technically the closest to him at the moment by a hair's breadth and I was thinking I've gone with the wrong captain three weeks in a row, I've had Greenwood on the bench, how many more points would that be and I worked out, I actually calculated how close I would be and then I realised it's all nonsense, Freddie doesn't need to do anything. If I was captaining the right person or actually chasing him, he would react. That's what he does. He is currently just lording <laughs> over us in no danger whatsoever. So we actually owe you an apology, Freddie. You would be in the top 100 if we were doing our job of pushing you hard enough. So I apologize for my lack of giving you competition. Anyway, I'll give him an apology people. on the
2: golf course in a couple of hours once I finish this uh, hurt of the week. Um, so it could He's also been... have gone to Tom Kane, who again has left John Egan on the bench. That's 25 points in two weeks uh, that, Tom, that Tom has left there. Also particularly bad, given that LaSalle's, um, he had the week before, got injured. And so he had to shift out LaSelles and decided instead of playing Egan, to make a transfer to bring in Mikel Antonio. Um, so that, that definitely is going to hurt. But that is nothing, <laughs> nothing in comparison to what I'm about to tell you. Um, you might be thinking uh, that Ade this week had a really solid week. Um, 82 points, only nine on the bench, and his best mm-hmm. overall weekly finish mm-hmm. since game week 16. So the question is how is it Fantastic. that Ade is winning that's got to hurt award? And the answer is because it has nothing to do with just this week. I'm going to take you back, listener. <laughs> <laughs> To the forementioned game week sixteen, uh, that was a long time ago. Um, he had been doing a certain amount of toing and froing between Kepper and Ramsdale on his bench. I'm going to call this particular story, listener, goalkeeping woes. Now, <laughs> Kepper and Ramsdale <laughs> are his goalkeepers in game week sixteen. You might think, okay, interesting. So he's gone with Kepper, the worst shot save ratio in the league and the worst defence in the top half of the Premier League, and Ramsdale, the goalkeeper of the team with the third worst defence in the whole league. But maybe he was thinking, you know, (laughs) these guys are young, they're going to come good. The difficult thing, as we all know, when it comes to having two starting goalkeepers, is which one to choose to go in next. And we all get it wrong occasionally. But let me just take you through Ade's last let's call it 17 weeks. In game week 16, Kepper starts and gets two points. Ramsdale on his bench gets three. So for the purposes of this story, I'm going to call that minus one points. Game week 17, Ramsdale is still on his bench, <laughs> keeps a clean sheet at Stamford Bridge against Kepper in a 1-0 win for Bournemouth. And that was his first, that was the last time Ramsdale kept a clean sheet up until yesterday's game against Spurs. So for Ade, that was minus eight points. The following week, game week 18, he switched to Ramsdale and Kepper kept a clean sheet. That's minus four. Switch back to Kepa, minus one. Switch back to Ramsdale. Game week 20, they both scored two points and then Kepa outscored him by two points. So that's minus two. Game week twenty two, big moment. He sells Keppa and brings in Ryan. Okay, Ryan comes straight in and hallelujah! He scores. She uh, gets clean sheet, which is plus three on Ramsdale, who is still kicking around. But in order to bring in Ryan, he has to take a four point hit. So I'm going to call that minus one. Game week twenty three, Ramsdale on the bench outscored Ryan by a point. Game week twenty four. He plays his free heat hit and brings in Ben Foster. Keeping Ramsdale on the bench, Ramsdale outscores Foster by two points. We go back to Ryan now for game week 25. Minus one, game week 26, equal. Game week 27, Ramsdale back in and he does actually score two points to Ryan's one. So that's plus one. You'll note that is the first time since game week 16 that he has got the right goalkeeper. 28, back to Ryan, equal, both two points. Game week 29, he receives his first clean sheet from a starting goalkeeper in 13 weeks and gets the right goalkeeper for plus five. We then go into lockdown. (laughs) He comes back with a chance to change the entire team. Now, bear in mind that at this stage, his two goalkeepers have clept three clean sheets in a combined 26 matches. But are they sticks with the same group of goalkeepers? Ramsdale comes in but scores two points less than Ryan Ryan then gets a clean sheet but is still on the bench that's minus four Ramsdale again minus one game week 32 and game week 33 Ryan clean sheet on the bench again minus five oh, this game week game week 34 <laughs> he transfers out Ryan for Pope but inexplicably leaves him yes. on the bench And so, although Ramsdale does keep a clean sheet, Pope outscored him by two points. So, I'm just going to wrap up with some stats.
0: Ade has made
2: 21 transfers in the entire season. Six of them, 28%, have been to change his goalkeeper. In the last 18 game weeks, his two goalkeepers have kept seven clean sheets out of 36 matches. And of those seven clean sheets, He has won points for only two of them, meaning that he has had more points from his starting goalkeeper twice in 18 game weeks. In total, he has lost 29 points over that time from choosing the wrong goalkeeper. Here ends the lesson,
1: listener. That has got to hurt. That's... A standing ovation. Uh, well, I, I'm in tears. I was like, make it stop. Make it stop. I
0: love you. There
1: okay. uh, go. And... Uh, you brought your uh, post lockdown uh, fantasy football form to, to the podcast, mate. That Thank was you boys. spectacular. Uh, and I, I would love to end the podcast right there. I really would. Uh, that was. Wow. I, I feel a little bit like um, going on stage after a great headline comedian at this point. So, uh, Jeff, over to
0: you. <laughs> Nicely done. Nicely done. I see what you did there. I do. I, I mean, there's only one way we can go on from this, and that is to park this week. That is a great place to stop on the week to week headlines and the twos the and pros because there will be nothing that is better or hurts more than, than that. That was just epic. Um, let's go back to what we were doing last week. So continuing our, well, what will be a four-part series, I think, of reviewing the, the league based on the preseason predictions. We're this week gonna be focusing in on those Champions League chasers. So these are a group of managers who pre we felt would be there or thereabouts. Pushing the top four, but maybe falling a little bit short at the final hurdle and to kick us off it 's Tom with our first manager of Champions League Chasers.
2: Thank you, uh, and I am starting with Nick Mick. Um, I just needed a, a minute or so 's breather after after that monologue but i 'm <laughs> back now um, so we need to talk about Nick um, This is a man who has been in the top 100K in the world overall more times in the last five seasons than the commissioner, Andre Clark. A man who has only been outside the top 500K once in the last eight years. And although he still has a chance to get into the top 500K this season, it certainly has not been a vintage season for Nick, which sees him now battling it out with me at the wrong end of the table. He will justifiably be frustrated that he's not taken advantage of a couple of monster weeks throughout the season, but indeed has followed up his three best weeks with absolute stinkers the following week. His season was somewhat encapsulated by the decision to triple captain Pepe in game week 29, the last week before the COVID break, when Arsenal were due to play twice and didn't. Pepe turned out that week to be the third lowest scorer in his team. Interestingly, he still does have his bench boost and his free chip left to play, but I think we can all agree that that isn't going to paper over the cracks of what has been a disappointing year. I'm going to give him, and this is an important one given that I'm going to be talked about later by Andre and I am currently next to him in the league, I'm going to give him a very generous C plus overall grade frankly, that, that that kind of behaviour is not going to influence this <laughs> in any way, shape or form. Um, so, Jeff, now over to you. Right. I believe you're talking about Mr. Dane.
0: Yes, Luke Danes. Now, Luke's had a Luke's had a, a weird kind of year by his standards. Um, touted as somebody who would have a top six or at least a top eight finish, you know, as the season's gone through, his his average position in the league has actually not been terrible. You know, I think people, if Luke is to look back, he's got, he can point to a few weeks where maybe things didn't go his way. He's average 10th overall in the league. If I draw out his league position um, across all of 34 game weeks now, it's kind of like a wry smile. And what I mean by that is, imagine, imagine drawing a curve that dips quickly to begin with. And then starts a gradual climb up. So the last twenty weeks, he's gen- he's climbing. He spent first ten weeks falling, and he spent twenty weeks on the climb. You see this kind of like slightly asymmetric smile that's happening. So he's ha- he should be happy where he's at. It's a it's an overall. <laughs> it's the kind of it's the kind of reaction I would expect Luke to have about his season. He averages tenth in the league. He's currently sitting better than his average. He's currently sitting um, just outside the top four places. It's a it's a good post-COVID reaction. He's still got his free hit to play. He, he's come back thinking, you know, about his chips post-COVID. He has uh, put up 103 on that bench boost week of game week 31 plus um, that some of us missed out on. So despite what I would say is a disappointing first quarter of the year, I'd say he, he certainly reacted well in the second half of the season. B-minus. Mm. I know this is some very <laughs> uh, in my opinion are some very very positive
1: ways to consider well
0: you know it's uh...
1: luckily luckily I, so I, I feel you two have been influenced by outside factors like where you are in the league right now your own performance and right the fact no, don't that rub that it in very obviously I'll be speaking about both <laughs> of you but okay so uh, oh, checks notes who's next on the agenda <laughs> And now we have the pick of Mr. Tom Maxwell. What happened to this pick? Um, As my teachers used to tell me at school, I'm not angry. I'm disappointed. Uh, Tom started well. Uh, At the end of week two, he was 11th in the league. By the end of week six, he dropped to 14th. But that was a high point. That was the last. Week six was the last time we saw Tom Maxwell in the top half of the league. Currently, he's sitting at 828k, which would make this his worst ever year. So the question is why? Uh, Because this is a guy who knows his football. This is a guy, as we've said many a time, zigs when other zags, but gets it right more often than wrong. Is it because of all of the point hits? He is minus 52 on the season for point hits. That's over 12 different events. Six green arrows, six red arrows. So it's hard to say that's it. Could it be the love affair with certain players? Martinelli, for an example, has been famous around these parts and has been in his side three different times, but again, he got the only goal I can remember from Martinelli across the league overall. So, could it be the chip use? Well, in week five, he used his first wild card pretty early on, didn't go well, didn't even match the world average. It was also the first signing of Martinelli. But then if you look at his second wild card, well, that was very recently, and that was after the restart, 101 points. A world ranking in the top 40k in fact since the restart tom's been the man he's had two 100 burgers uh, back-to-back hundreds the only person in the league uh, to my knowledge to have done that he's been in the top 50k in the world twice since we all came back from quarantine so he's on fire he still has his triple caps into play for some reason he still has a free hit so there is time for this to change however mm. since he has previously finished 7k in the world And he's currently 8.28. I can't give anything other than a D, which is harsh. But thanks to some stellar podcast work, especially the answer you just heard earlier today, uh, extra credit is available for Tom. So let's call this coursework is due should he get a manager of the month, which he was very close to for June. I'm happy to revisit this grade, but at this current point in time, I'm afraid, Tom, you are getting a D, could do better, See um, your teacher, please. Well, as a man who miserably failed academically at, at every opportunity,
2: particularly when it came to coursework, <laughs> uh, I think I'd rather just take the D and move on to next season.
1: <laughs> now, on the next season, you are seeing spectacular form down the stretch, and the new season starts in only a few weeks' time, so this particular commissioner is going to probably end up putting you in the same category.
2: Well, I, I, I'm, I'm pleased to hear that there's faith. I'd rather be the underdog, I think. Um, <laughs> and, and listener, I do just want to let you in to a little secret because Andre is going to have a really nice time talking about Jeff and I over the next couple of weeks and what a miserable <laughs> season we've had. <laughs> when I put my, put my name forward to do the evaluation of Andre Clark's Another disappointing year without Silverware, just like his football team. I was shot down very quickly.
0: <laughs> I think this is maybe a... <laughs> it's my league, my rules. We're gonna we're gonna invite the listener to write in. If you want to hear Tom Maxwell's review of Andre's season, uh please write in and let us know. We are if nothing democratic about this whole thing. I think the the days of the, the Andre dictatorship. Uh, are coming to an end shall we say it's
2: called it, it the okay. the autobiography so, is going to be called when freddie took my crown
1: <laughs> <laughs> All Right. so two two points on that one i don't know who told you this was a democracy yeah uh, and two please do write in to the usual place where you normally write in which will be the commissioner <laughs> uh, and i will count the votes and I will share
0: the results with my other two yeah. fellow podcasters. Anyway, move on. I believe all managers on. in this Who's lead, next uh, on the agenda? Your WhatsApp. So um feel free to just bombard WhatsApp. Yeah. Just just go for it.
2: <laughs> Any hour of day or night. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Who's, Who's next, next on the
0: doctor? Okay. Uh, I,
2: I think I've got uh, I've got Mr. Brox. Um and William, Ooh. for me, is the James Milner of No Cash, No Code. Um, great longevity. He's obviously been with us pretty much since the start, uh, a Connell Place uh, stalwart. Um, not Connell Place. What was the name of our road token house? This? Token house yard. Connell Place, where I work. I mean, now. Let's move on. I mean... <laughs> uh, and he's very consistently good every year without really ever competing for, for a player of the year award. He's also a tremendously boring family man who just loves working hard. Um, So that's why he is the James Milner of no cash, no code. But sadly for William, in a season that has seen his beloved Liverpool lift the Premier League title and sweep all before them, like James Milner, he just hasn't got the legs anymore. He started pretty well. He was in the top 100k uh, going into week 19. Um, but a remarkable collapse saw him go from third in No Cash, No Code to 17th in the space of two weeks after Game Week 19. The low light came in Game Week 23, where he managed a total of 28 points in an entire week, which included 10 points from Jack Grealish. So that's 18 from the other oh. 10. And it's been a disastrous return post the COVID break. I'm not even sure if William actually made it through the COVID break. I do hope you're still well, William. Um, And if the season was to finish tomorrow, it would be his worst ever finish to an FPL season in his 10th year in the game. The only saving grace is that he won't really care because Liverpool have won the league. Um, And no doubt he'll be back in his usual 6th to 10th place next season. But in terms of being a Champions League chaser and the fact that that all seems to have been given up, I'm going to give him
0: a C minus. I think that's a good grade. I mean, you've you've got to think that Brox has got to be up there. You know, it was probably one of the more sure, more confident preseason picks was putting Brox in that group Um, and see...
1: I, I have to say, that this category, I was really confident with mm. overall. Like, I really thought. Um, I mean, I don't want to, to, to keep going over. Sorry, Tom. I know because you're here. It's really bad talking fine, about you behind you keep your back. But you crack <laughs> on. this has been yeah. the- this, bit, this has definitely been the most surprising group because it wasn't uh, the, the, the average ratings um, that Jeff provided before the season began is much of how this was calculated. And it, there has been a surprising dip in numbers, actually across the board, including my good self. So, yeah, this, this has been a very interesting category. Um, who's next on the docket? I believe it's uh, you, Jeff. Yes.
0: Uh, so I'm looking at Mr. Jamie Cork. And Corky's had a, an, an, again, I think this is following a trend. A, a weird year by his standards, started really really well, some dizzy heights of second and third in the league around game week four and five actually across the season it's averaged a top ten uh position in the league but something happened, something happened around game week twenty, and it's just been this is so game week twenty is approximately um end of the January transfer window this the kind of dead of winter time um, and I don't know whether it's you know the it get, it gets a bit dark earlier in the day and it's a bit dark when you get up in the morning and you never you know you're never quite at it in terms of your energy and your enthusiasm for life and making decisions about your team but currently sitting 16th in the league and that is on a upward tick Jamie Cork has had a horrendous second half of the season. Um, it held promise, and suddenly it's—it's it's one of those where I think since game week thirteen to twenty, that dip has just taken all enthusiasm out of the game for, from Jamie. It just what he's putting on the field is just not—it's just kind of going through the motions <laughs> a little bit. I feel for him because he was such Ouch. a hard, such a high pick, Ouch. such a confident pick up there, but to see him languishing, to see him you know, having these, this moment of the last two weeks on this green arrow last two weeks, thinking, yeah, this is great. Like, you shouldn't be down here, mate. You shouldn't be down here with the likes of me. You should be up there. You should be up there chasing <laughs> Europa League spots. What are you doing here, bro? So, unfortunately, it has to be an E for Corky. Oh! oh. And I'll, con- I'm I'll gonna, add some context. Gonna, Let me add some context. I'm going to dispute that. Let me that. add some context. He's the lowest performing manager of this group.
1: Fair. That is fair. If, I, if we're going to give it to Tom, I can see where you've gone there. The only reason I'm going to say that this particular marker might have been a little bit harsh. I've already had a screenshot from Jamie uh, yesterday. At one point yesterday in the middle of the games, he was on for manager of the month in July. He is currently seven points off manager of the month in July. So yeah. I feel you might have to redo his He's score. Like, Should he if pull he, if he off?
0: pulls off manager of the month, absolutely. He is on a two week Upward tick. Absolutely. He came out of COVID, still slumping, a slight recovery, then more dips the last two weeks. It looks like it might be. Could this be, you know, real green shoots of recovery or another false dawn? Um, We've seen a few of them this season from Mr. Cork. Uh,
1: I love it. I love it. Mr. Cork is probably only second to Mr. Maxwell, or the Maxwells, I should say, for the swinging the bat with the random picks. I mean, maybe not quite the unknown players, but he is definitely, let's put into context, so his his big transfer last week was Troy Deeney. That is a very different direction to almost everyone else who's going in the league. One of the people who rates probably fixtures over form uh, more often than not, and is then surprised when someone who hasn't scored in months doesn't score anyway (laughs) moving on from Corky and that very very harsh and I believe the lowest grade that's been given so far um I've got the next one with Bob Bob Cavalieri um so I put him in this group um we put him in this group because at times the season before his debut no cash no code season uh, uh, even he came pretty close he was hovering around there or thereabouts fell away towards the end but I was optimistic from what I'd seen in terms of his Um, consistency. His best in the world had been 50k going into this season. So good enough to have a chance of pushing for Champions League. He spent 13 weeks this season at number two. He spent three weeks this season at number one. He has the second best, uh, or had up until this week's uh, figures being recalculated, the second best average ranking across No Cash, No Code. Um, Obviously, there's peaks and troughs, so his average ranking for the entire year is 4.3. Only one person was higher. In all of his other leagues, he's first, or like one point behind first, which is just another nod to how fantastic No Cash, No Code is. Freddie, thank you for that. Um, So my grade for Bob is A, plus, plus. Phenomenal performance. To be top three in this league when you were not named to be one of the contenders is brilliant to be the only person who's been consistently keeping pace with whoever the leader was. He was uh, up with Dylan beforehand and the only person who's been pushing Freddie until literally we're talking 15 minutes ago. And even now he's still in the top three by only a couple of points. So for me, easily the highest score that's not called Freddie in terms of grading, potentially even higher because the expectations were slightly lower. So well done, Bob proud of you. Great score. Love it. Very good job. All right. And, so, uh...
2: I think I'm wrapping up. One last person. Yes, you are. Um, Now, I don't know William, um, although I'd like to, uh, but with a team name carefree, I'm going to make the (laughs) assumption that he's a Chelsea fan, which means A, he must be a terrific bloke and B, I'm going to be (laughs) nothing but nice about him. (laughs) Um, So William, continuing the sort of school report analogy, William has had a term of two halves. The first half, he was playing truant (laughs) Smoking behind the bike sheds, generally being rude to teachers, probably spending more time out of school than in school. But when he found himself staring at a potential E grade from Mr. Maxwell as he sat 21st (laughs) place in game week 24, he decided it was time to turn his life around. And boy, has he. Since then, it's been like a different man. Shiny new suits. Smart new pencil case, attentive, an absolute (laughs) delight to have in the classroom. There were already signs of life going into the COVID break, but since then, he has been a revelation. His 133-point haul in the first week back saw him as high as 4,000th in the world for that game week. He's up to ninth in No Cash, No Code and still has a very outside chance of making the top four. As well as potentially beating his own personal all-time FPL best finish of sixty-five thousand in the world, so hugely proud of William uh, and his second half of the season. Um, still room for improvement for next year, but if he continues this attitude, I have no doubt we're going to see him in the top six next time around. <laughs> Overall,
1: a B, a B plus. Fantastic grading and very well kept in, seat in the theme in character. That was wonderful. <laughs> Yeah, He's been a bridesmaid a couple of months, so very happy he finally won his first uh, Manager of the Month award. He's an active listener. Um, he is the listener. Uh, so, oh, yeah, he'll be very pleased to hear that Just hit out. me up,
2: William. Hit me up. That I'll, was... I'll, I'll send you my details. We should be friends. A couple of Chelsea fans. <laughs> Love it.
1: <laughs> We've got a disproportionate amount of Chelsea and Tottenham fans, considering, like you know, real life fan numbers and stuff. Anyway, so that's the end of today's podcast. Guys, that was great fun. Really enjoyed it they're coming uh, checks notes you go thick and fast so we're we're back again at the end of this weekend am um, looking forward to hearing the next set of grades which I believe are the undermentioned the mid-teens we love you just as much as everyone else most of you were deemed to be in this group because we're not going to get a chance to talk about you because you're hitting good average numbers, not bad enough that we're going to shout at you, not great enough that we're going to be lauding you. So it's your time to shine next week. Really looking forward to getting to the meat of our league. So, yeah, should looking be forward to it. Absolutely. Can't wait. And uh, I, I, you just get the sense that this weekend
2: might be a bit of a defining one for a few people. There's no way that United, Liverpool, City can keep playing the same players over and over again. It's going to be very interesting
1: we're all waiting for that shoe to drop aren't we we've all got our in and out hokey kokies with our fodens and our greenwoods and everyone else wondering when eventually this is going to go horribly wrong
0: well that leaves me just enough time to go and set my team for a new game week thank you guys for your company as always look forward to talking soon go on boys bye